I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the descendant of four passengers on the Mayflower... One pilgrim, three so-called strangers. One was the man, the first man executed for a capital offense in the New World. Another was a mutineer, and another was just a rapscallion all around. I have a deep affection and sense of connection to Thanksgiving. I know it's a holiday. It's very unfashionable these days. The left absolutely hates it, but I don't care. We're throwing out politics. We're throwing out the news this week, and we're talking about Thanksgiving and America, and a very lovely poem. I'm Michael Knowles. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz. Verdict with Ted Cruz is sponsored by American Hartford Gold. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's noticed everything is getting expensive. We are in the biggest economic crisis since 2008, with a government that's printing trillions and trillions of dollars. Consumer prices are the highest we've seen in 30 years. Inflation is certainly here to stay. And if the government continues its out-of-control printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. So how do you protect your money, your retirement, your savings? Well, American Hartford Gold can show you how to hedge your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. They'll even help you move your existing IRA or 401k out of the volatile stock market into a precious metals IRA. And they make it easy. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. And if you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. 
Call them right now. Call 855-768-1883. That's 855-768-1883. Or text CACTUS to 65532. Again, that's 855-768-1883. Or text CACTUS to 65532. Verdict is also brought to you by AMAC. Did you know there's a conservative advocacy and benefits organization with more than 2 million members and counting? It's called AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. AMAC has become one of the most impactful conservative organizations in America. Joining AMAC gives you access to money-saving benefits, cutting-edge news, and a magazine full of insightful takes on today's most important issues. But most importantly, AMAC is working tirelessly to preserve the freedom secured in our Constitution. With a full-time presence on Capitol Hill, AMAC is pushing back against the efforts to defund our police, weaken our borders, and replace your freedom with government controls. So stand with me and over 2 million patriots by joining right now at amac.us forward slash cactus. That's right, amac.us forward slash cactus. The benefits are great, but the cause is greater. So join today at amac.us forward slash cactus and also support Verdict, amac.us forward slash cactus. Verdict with Ted Cruz is also sponsored by stamps.com. If you are looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all that hectic holiday shopping traffic, why not save time and money with stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. Here at Soundfront, we use Stamps.com to send you merch like that sweet cactus hat, to do business on the road, and to save time and money. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Whether you're selling online or running an office or a side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during the holidays and get discounts on post office and UPS shipping services without making the trip. Discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Going to the post office instead of using stamps.com is kind of like taking the stairs instead of the elevator. If you spend more than a few minutes a week dealing with mail and shipping, stamps.com is a lifesaver. So save time and money this holiday season with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code VERDICT for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code VERDICT. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Or should I say Happy (laughs) Turkey Day? I uh, assume everyone is gathered with their families, even though that's against, I believe, uh, Fauci's wishes here. We just wanted to say hey and wish everyone a great holiday. Take some great Thanksgiving-themed questions um, that we have over here. We did read a poem, by the way, in honor of not only this day, but of this episode. It's called The Courtship of Miles Standish. And Michael, whose idea was it to read this poem in the first place? It actually was not my idea, though I, I did come, come around to the idea. That would be our producer, Jonathan Hay, uh, read this poem. And I really love it. You know, the, the pilgrims get a really bad rap now. And there's so much misinformation about the relationship between the pilgrims and the Native Americans. It's oversimplified as the pilgrims were meanies and the Native Americans were the poor, innocent, you know, victims. And it just it actually does a disservice both to the pilgrims and to the Native Americans. These were all very serious people. Some of them were very serious statesmen. The pilgrims formed wonderful alliances with certain Native Americans. The Native Americans 
Americans use the English to defeat other groups of Native Americans. So the reality is much more interesting. And this poem is terrific because it talks about all of that drama from Plymouth and those early days after the Pilgrims landed. But there's also a, a really saucy love story and, and love triangle in the middle, too. Well, Michael, and speaking you- of reality, I think it's all very clear to everyone that Michael has already had his eggnog for the day. <laughs> That's before every episode. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I, okay. I, I, I actually think most podcasts <laughs> and all political debates would be better uh, if if substantially more liquor was consumed during during their their filming. Listen, it's Thanksgiving. I'm not going to give you an argument there. Of course, and there there are all of these uh, these real misconceptions. I don't know. Now we're being told by. Of all of these various left-wing activist groups, that Thanksgiving is not a day to give thanks to God as it was in the 17th century and as George Washington suggested and as Lincoln suggested, but actually it's a day to think about how terrible America is and how awful we all are and just to feel really bad about ourselves. And by golly, I refuse to do it. Does anyone actually do that, Senator? Do you think that there's anybody who does this? Listen, the, the hard left has decided Thanksgiving is evil. I think Thanksgiving is is wonderful. It is one of my favorite holidays. Christmas is my favorite, but Thanksgiving is 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 up there. And and what's great about it is being with family, is being, you know, being with people you love and and taking time and and listen, as a dad, I I try my girls are like, oh dad, we don't want to talk about what to be thankful for, but it's you know, to take time to reflect. Um, listen, you know, in the last week we had a very good friend whose whose son was killed. I mean, I mean that uh, that reminds you of just all the things you have to be thankful for that that you don't know that they'll be there tomorrow or next week or next year. And and it's and we're we're praying for and supporting our friend and the tragedy that happened. But but it the the, the process of saying, wow, you know, to be an American, to live in this country, to have the freedoms we have, that's worth understanding, reflecting, learning about, knowing about. And and the assault on Thanksgiving is based on an ideological assault on the freedoms that are that that are protected in the Constitution and Bill of Rights. It's based on the attacking the idea of who and what America is. Um, and, and I got to say that if there's one thing I believe with every ounce of my soul, uh, it, it is that this nation is the greatest nation the world has ever seen. And, and, and it was formed on a promise. It was formed on an ideal that was good and noble. That doesn't mean we didn't have our, our blemishes but it has been a journey towards justice. And that, that is a journey to be grateful for. Something I loved about the poem is it puts this into a narrative and you actually see the characters who were there on the very earliest days. So I have to ask, what did you both think of the poem, Senator? So look, I, I read the poem. I, I, I got to say my, my reaction to it is, is if we're doing this poem, I'm just going to use this as an opportunity to make fun of Yale. <laughs> <laughs> Senator, one of the one of the great games that we played freshman year, of course, at a, a place like Yale, where it, it's like one of the waspiest institutions in America, is everyone tried to figure out who their ancestors were on the Mayflower. And actually, the the protagonist of this poem, John Alden, was the ancestor of one of my 
roommates. And it's very, it made dating very awkward too, because, you know, it, it, you're going to end up dating your 12th cousin. It's going to be very awkward. Uh, can, can Michael, can I just say that that is friggin' nuts? Like, like that's bizarre. <laughs> I, to the best of my knowledge, I, I don't know anyone from the Mayflower or, or, but wait, actually the opener of this segment, you said something that had me really puzzled and that you said yes. four people on the Mayflower, like, like, came together and had a baby? Like, how did that happen? (laughs) I know. My biology, it's been a while since I took it, but, you know, it takes two to tango. It takes four to, like, do what? (laughs) No, they they were very ahead of their time because, obviously, in 2021, four is actually a small sort of romantic arrangement. But back in those days, you know, they were a little more monogamous and had more clearly defined gender roles. But one of the issues for the passengers on the Mayflower is that there weren't very many of them to begin with, and then half of them died in the first winter. So there, and actually, as the poem talks about, there weren't all that many uh, eligible women, and so they ended up really sort of shacking up together, and then their children would intermarry, and the families all remained together for a long time. So if you are descended from one person who was on the Mayflower, there's a good chance that you were descended from multiple of them. And another thing people don't really remember about the Mayflower is that, yes, there were these pious pilgrims who were extremely rigid in their religion, but then there were just a bunch of people along for the ride. They were called the strangers, and they just wanted, they weren't doing that well in England. They wanted a fresh start in America. And they were, some of them, downright degenerates. And, And I'm sort of sorry to say, three out of the four of my guys, they, uh, they sort of fell into the latter category. So, so Michael, the, the poem opens, Just in the gray of the dawn, as the mists uprose from the meadows, there was a stir and a sound in the slumbering village of Plymouth, clanging and clicking of arms and the order imperative, forward. Now, for those of us not schooled in, in Yale literary uh, analysis, what does that mean? You know, the, the image that is being presented to you here, and I, I'll, I'll try to put on my deepest, mo, you know, most serious literary uh, analyst hat here for a poem that is not the most complex thing ever written, is you've, you've got these very pious people. They've got all of their religious uh, activities and their church and their, they're so focused on God. But they also have cannons. It's called a howitzer in the in the poem. And they're also at war. And they're at, they're at war with certain Indian tribes. And they're at peace with other Indian tribes. And they're they're in alliances with all of these sorts of groups. And they're two guys that have the hots for one woman. Is that right? <laughs> See, that's that's the kind of poetry that makes sense to the general American public, right? That's that's what we need. That kind of summary of this of this highfalutin language. <laughs> yes, and they you know that's the other funny thing about those pilgrims as as you get from both the poem, but also the history of this era, they were actually sort of a romantic people. We just picture the funny hats and the, the buckle shoes, but they, they actually could be a fairly romantic lot. And, so so uh, am I understanding it right that this poem is sort of an older version of the song Jolene? <laughs> I'm begging of you. Please don't take my gal. Please, John Alden, don't take my gal. 
This was an interesting thought I had while reading this poem, though. And by the way, Michael, you might have read this because you were at Yale, but I'd already read this because I was homeschooled. So I, know, you got a I don't real know education. which nerd take there is gonna. <laughs> yeah, I don't know which nerd which nerd take there is gonna come out on top. But it's interesting because regardless of what year we're talking about, human nature always remains the same. It's always static because even back this poem was supposed to be set in the 1600s, right? Even back then, Miles Standish, who was supposed to be the captain, he was supposed to be the tough guy, right? The alpha male was too scared to go. Uh, ask his lady friend on a date. He had to send his friend, John Alden, to try to win her heart. And I thought, man, some things, some things don't change. There's a little bit of a Cyrano de Bergerac vibe here where the, the little short <laughs> old captain, and if you've ever been to, to the Plymouth Museum, Miles Standish was like a pygmy. I mean, he was the big captain of the of the <laughs> colony, but he was really, really petite. You can see his arms. He was really small. And so he asked the young hot guy, John Alden, to go woo this woman, Priscilla, on his behalf. So how did that work out for him? I uh, know it was it was not, uh, you know, Miles Standish was courageous in battle, but he wasn't the smartest man in romance. And as we know, all is fair in love and war. And sweet Priscilla got the last laugh because she was the one who said, why don't you speak for yourself, John? That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, so, so you're saying it's generally a bad idea if you're interested in a woman to send another guy to say, hey, would you go uh, put the moves on her? <laughs> You know, it's uh, I, I I don't think it takes a Casanova to to recognize that that's not the best idea. But but it's because this man, Miles Standish, his wife had died, but he was a one track mind. He was a warrior. There's actually a really brutal kind of fight scene between him and one of the bad Indians in here. And uh, and he was a one track mind. He was a fighter. And John Alden was a lover, not a fighter. And the lover won. And the lover won. And the lover won his battle here. And, you know, there's another aspect to this of the kind of friendship between the Native Americans and the the Englishmen. the, the men who would go out and, you know, threaten these Indians and sometimes they would have to form alliances, they also saved the life of Massasoit, who was the chief of the Indians in the region and helped to build the Wampanoag Nation. And they, they lived in peace, actually, with the Englishmen for a long time, and they would help one another out. And it was only when Massasoit's son, Prince Philip, or King Philip, rather, Philip uh, took, a, obviously, a Christian English name. Philip uh, mistakenly believed that the Englishmen had killed his brother. It actually almost certainly never happened. But because of that miscommunication, he declared war on the Englishmen. Some of the Indians sided with the English. The English and the Indians made war on the other Indians, and it broke down the peace. But for decades after they landed, there actually was a really stable peace here. And you're not going to hear that from the left-wing polemicist who says, you know, Englishmen bad, Indians good. But it's a much more interesting history than, uh, than you would get from, from the left-wing media. Well, I, I, I will say the three of us were laughing a few minutes ago that the Women's March tweeted out this past week that they were apologizing that they had said their average donation was fourteen $14.92, uh, and something about a date of such horrible oppression to indigenous people that were embarrassed to have said that. And it's like, good God, you, you can't satirize these clowns anymore. Senator, would you be willing to accept a donation of fourteen ninety two? I I actually did retweet what they said and said, you know what? You can go to to my website, tedcruz.org. I'll take fourteen dollars and ninety two cents. I'll take seventeen seventy six. I'll take twenty twenty four. You can enter any amount you want. Hmm. And uh, interesting. And and, and and we'll see if uh, 
And and by the way, one one lefty responded to that and said, "How about sixteen dollars and nineteen cents?" I said, "Yeah, I'll take that too." <laughs> so, Liz, we need to get a female perspective here on the uh, on the poem and on human nature more broadly. Which man would you have gone with? The young, hot, uh, romantic, or the older, grizzled, accomplished military man? Okay, so this is actually a hard question, which I did think about (laughs) while I was reading this poem, because um, Miles Standish, obviously it's not really recommending himself when he doesn't want to plead his own case here, when he won't even tell the sweet Priscilla that he loves her. Um, John Alden, however, I don't know that he was that big of a treat either, though, because he Mm. was so afraid of offending his friend that he wouldn't marry Priscilla until he thought his friend was dead. So Mm. I'm not exactly sure. I think I think she followed her heart. She married the right man here. Um, But I do have to say, as someone married to a military man, I do have a soft spot for those grizzled old, uh, well, sailors in this case, but soldiers. (laughs) I really wouldn't knock John Alden for following the bro code and not (laughs) infringing on uh, Miles Standish's territory. But yes, it is It is a difficult decision. Those, those pilgrims had plenty of difficult decisions. And yet we hear from the perspective of 2021, we don't give them any respect. None at all. She was the only available Puritan woman, according to historical uh, fact, yep. too, in this, in this colony, which is interesting. Do you guys want to jump into some of these questions? I, I did ask the Verdict Plus community for some Thanksgiving-themed questions, and we've got some real good ones here, some real doozies. Sure. So if we want to jump into these, there's a couple serious ones, a couple not so serious. Um, Senator, let me start with you. Paul wants to know, do you have any unique family Thanksgiving traditions? You know, I don't know about unique. I mean, we, we get together... Um, we do turkey, we do stuffing. My mom does the stuffing, uh, which is an old family recipe and, and it's one of my favorite things. We do cranberry sauce. Uh, we'll do sweet potatoes typically with marshmallows melted on top. Uh, we'll do some salad. We'll do some green beans often with, uh, shaved almonds on the green beans. We will do, uh, we'll usually do black beans and rice because we do it, uh, my cousin BB's and so outside of the Cuban side of the family, we'll do some black beans and rice just because Cubans aren't capable of eating anything without having black beans and rice. And then (laughs) we will, by the way, I still get to, so as a kid growing up, I always got the drumstick. Um, I'm a dark meat guy, much more than, I, I, I don't like white meat in, in chicken or, or turkey. I like dark meat. I like it. it's much more tender and moist. I'm not sure, Senator, how that is politically incorrect. I'm not sure exactly how that will offend woke people, but I'm sure there's something there. I'm sure somehow that was a microaggression. Well, I will say in college, when, when I was a college debater, at one point there was a humorous debate round that, that in order to address overpopulation and hunger, we should encourage more cannibalism, which some college kids promoted. <laughs> And, and I think one of the, the opposition arguments to that is, no, no, that might – you might see racism if people preferred white meat or dark meat, one or the other. That would be terrible. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm going to get in trouble for repeating that joke that wasn't even made by me 25-plus mm-hmm. years ago. Well, that, that sounds like the cancel culture to me. Uh, it, 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 it does. So probably the most unique so, – so my dad every, every – um, Thanksgiving, we'll, we'll make uh, a flan or a couple of flans. And my father's flan is, it is unlike probably anyone you ever had in that it's tall. It's about six inches tall. And the outside of the pot, it, it cakes the outside of it in, in melted sugar that's this deep, rich c- caramel. And he has lots of condensed milk in it and a ton of vanilla in it and sugar in it. And what I love about my dad's flan is the bottom inch of it is shredded coconut. 
and it, and it's mm-hmm. really it's very rich. Sadly, neither Heidi nor the girls are particularly into the flan, but the 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 the, the, the sort of Cuban, the, the Cuban side of the family, we enjoy my dad's flans and, and, and the girls and Heidi, they go for like the pecan pie or the apple pie or something else besides that. And then what we always do is play a lot of dominoes. So dominoes are big at, at, at our Thanksgivings mm. and competitive. We have a little tradition that if one person doesn't like a particular dish... We don't try to convince them to like it because it just means it's more for us if the fewer people are eating, uh, fewer people are eating the good stuff. So that that's our family tradition. Michael, Jackie wants to know, where does cranberry sauce rank in your Thanksgiving list? Well, one has to specify between the cranberries that are done all homemade and whatever and the cranberries in the shape of the can. The former are disgusting and the latter is indispensable <laughs> to a Thanksgiving table. Ooh. So it's very, And it's not a sauce. It's just a kind of strange jelly. And they made all of them in the 70s and they, I don't think they've had to make any since. Uh, so it's very important. I never really eat it. I don't put it uh, really on anything at all. I just want it to be sitting there in that gelatinous American mass produced, <laughs> vaguely chemically, uh, probably poisonous way. And I, I take great pleasure from that, though I would very rarely put it in my mouth. Right. And there's always the contrast, by the way, of this can shaped gelatinous blob in your grandmother's loveliest China for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's, that's it, it's a staple of every American's Thanksgiving. Yeah. All right, Senator Cruz, this is from Real Truth Cactus, um, who asks, I'm sure this is going to be a fun one, but do you have any way to manage tough political discussions at your family's table? What advice would you give to families who are split politically? <sighs> Not easy. Uh, I, I don't have a great solution to that. We have some some real political divides in our family. Um, my mother and her younger sister, my Aunt Carol, my Aunt Carol has since passed away, but my Aunt Carol was very politically liberal. Uh, my mother's very conservative. My Aunt Carol was an atheist. My mom is a strong Christian. And uh, they were very close. They were best friends as sisters. And, and they had a rule that they didn't discuss religion or politics. And it, and it worked um, it, it worked for 70-plus years and, until my aunt passed away. Um, we have real political disagreements in the family, but we mostly don't get into them at Thanksgiving. We don't have, uh, you know, the Cubans and, and the conservatives are fairly loud and obnoxious. And there, there are several in the family left of the, 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 the center of the aisle that mostly just choose not to engage and go do something else. They, 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 they go, go, go have, have another serving of turkey or something. One can also take great satisfaction. We, we, you always hear about your crazy conservative uncle, and it's been so wonderful since I've had nieces and nephews that I have become the crazy conservative uncle. Very good for everyone to have their cards on the table. And uh, yes, I agree, I agree uh, Senator. The way to, to put up with the more uh, gregarious, louder, uh, vociferous members who tend to be on the right is uh, with the saintly patience of our, of our family members. And feed them extra and give them extra yeah. food. That's, that's <laughs> going to calm the wildest beasts here. All right. Anybody who wants to submit a question for next week's episode, go to verdictwithtedcruz.com slash plus. If you are a Verdict Plus subscriber, well, you have exclusive access to submit questions. And we also do additional mailbag segments over there, additional segments, all kinds of access to Senator Cruz. That's verdictwithtedcruz.com slash plus to submit your questions for next week. Michael? Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Liz, happy Thanksgiving. Senator, happy Thanksgiving. If you love watching Verdict, if you love writing into the show, if you potentially love having us to your college campus, 
You got to get the merch. You got to, and you can do that now at verdictwithtedcruz.com slash shop. That's right. Verdictwithtedcruz.com slash shop. You can get all of the great merch. Not a lot with my face. Not a lot with Senator Cruz's face. A lot of cactus. Why the producers made that choice, I, I don't know, and I won't be offended by it. But you can get your merch today. Head on over to verdictwithtedcruz.com slash shop. All of you out there, happy Thanksgiving. Once the holiday season is over, we are going to be back on the road. We would love to see you at your schools. So make sure you submit an application. Applications are due for the Spring Verdict Live Tour. They are due December 15th. So head on over to yaf.org slash verdict. Submit your school. We will see you in person. In the meantime, I'm Michael Knowles. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz. This episode of Verdict with Ted Cruz is being brought to you by Jobs, Freedom, and Security PAC, a political action committee dedicated to supporting conservative causes, organizations, and candidates across the country. In 2022, Jobs, Freedom, and Security PAC plans to donate to conservative candidates running for Congress and help the Republican Party across the nation. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.